Good morning. It is good to see you this morning. It is good to hear you this morning. Wow, you guys sound fantastic. Thanks, Dave, and and all of you who uh, who sing so well. From all of us who don't sing that well, but sing so loudly. So yeah, good. Hey, if you're a guest of ours, we are so honored that you're here with us today. If you are a regular, thanks for being where where we know you'll be. Let's worship God together. Um, I heard a story about a doctor who was working in his office. And his nurse rushed in and said, Doctor, that, that fellow that you were just talking to, that you were just dealing with, he collapsed on his way out the front door. What do I do? The doctor said, Well, turn him around so it looks like he collapsed on his way in the front door. Now, I think we would all agree that sometimes timing is important, Right? Sometimes the sequence of events is really important. You know, when the police are investigating some crime, they try to come up with a timeline, right? To find out what happens and, and, and when it happens. Timing's important. Last week we began a sermon series that I'm calling Three Days That Changed the World. And we are talking about three days out of the Jesus story, what I think are the most three significant days of the Jesus story, the Friday the Saturday and the Sunday uh, surrounding the crucifixion and the resurrection. And we're taking a look at each one of those days, uh, one at a time. And last week we looked at Friday. And Friday was an unbelievable day. We followed Jesus from the Garden of Gethsemane uh, to his arrest, the hearing before Pilate, and then ultimately uh, to the cross. And if you remember, we talked about last week that everyone involved in the Friday story had an agenda. Rome, the Sanhedrin, uh, the crowd, even Jesus. Jesus had an agenda as well. And ultimately, Jesus' agenda is the only agenda that prevailed. And Jesus' agenda was love. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time, and died for us sinners. Jesus died on a Friday. And that Friday was undoubtedly the darkest day in all of human history. The earth shook. The sun went dark. Dead people walked the streets. The curtain in the temple was torn from top to bottom. And the Son of God died on a Roman cross. Countless books have been written about the events of that Friday. We have heard millions of songs sung about the events of that Friday. Every week we get together like we just did, and we remember the events of that Friday as we share communion together. We remember and we talk about the, the death of Jesus. And that was Friday. And there's going to be a Sunday... Sunday is this amazing day when the stone gets rolled away and the tomb is empty. Sunday is a day of tremendous hope. One writer said this about Sunday. Sunday is the most death-defying, grave-defeating, fear-destroying, hope-inspiring, life-inducing, joy-bringing day in all of history. Now, the world still hasn't quite recovered from Sunday. Question, anybody here have any problems that you're dealing with? Anybody here could use a little bit of good news? Anybody here you know, could have a little bit of, like a little bit of hope in your life? Now, good, come back next week. 
Because we're going to talk about that next week. Next week we're going to talk about Sunday. But today is Saturday. Today's Saturday. It isn't Friday and it isn't Sunday. It's Saturday. It's the day after this, but the day before that. It's the day after a prayer gets prayed, but it's the day before the prayer gets answered. It's the day after a soul gets crushed, but the day before that soul is lifted back up. Strange day, Saturday. It's the in-between day. It's not Friday, and it's not Sunday. It's the day between despair and hope. The day between confusion and clarity. The day between the worst news and the best news. Between darkness and light. Between hate and love. Between death and life. Saturday is the in-between day. And it's a little bit strange because so much happened on Friday. And so much is going to happen on Sunday. But nothing really happens on Saturday. At the very heart of the Jesus story, the very heart of human history are these three days. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Friday and Sunday are days that are filled with emotion. Filled with drama and action. Saturday, nothing. Nothing happens on Saturday. The Bible doesn't really tell us anything that happens on Saturday. With the exception, Matthew does tell us that um, one small detail, that a guard was posted at the tomb. They went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. That happened on Saturday. But other than that one tiny detail, we're not told of anything else that happened on that Saturday. Yet, we know that things happened. We know that things happened on Saturday, right? You think about Jesus' closest disciples. By the time Saturday rolls around, they haven't slept in a long time. You know, by the time Friday night rolls around, really, they were with Jesus Thursday night in the upper room, observing the, uh, the Passover meal. Then they went straight to the Garden of Gethsemane. A couple of them caught a catnap there, but pretty soon the crowd came, the, the soldiers came, and they were awoken again. Jesus is taken to, you know, the sham of a trial, and then he's led to Pilate, and then to the crucifixion. So really, by the time Friday night rolls around, they haven't slept in two straight days. So the disciples wake up on Saturday uh, to a city that is pretty quiet. A city that had been screaming for blood just the night before. Now it's pretty quiet. The crowds have gone. And Jesus is dead. These people wake up Friday or Saturday morning knowing that Jesus is dead. He's not missing. He's not in prison. He's not sick. He's not clinging to life. He's dead. What are these disciples going to do on Saturday? Again, Scripture doesn't tell us what they do on Saturday, but let me ask you this. What would you have done? What do we do when people that we love die? Well, we get together, don't we? We get together and we console each other. And we talk about that person. We remember. It's what people do. 
Had I been there that Saturday, I think that's what I would have done if I'd been one of Jesus' disciples there in that time frame. I think I would have got together with the other disciples. And we would have talked about Jesus. Now, I think I would have remembered the things that he said. The things that he taught. The stories that he told. I would have remembered the miracles that he performed. The people that he healed. I would have remembered... Him looking at me and saying, follow me. And me making the decision, I'm going to follow this guy. I believe in this man. Now, I would have remembered our hopes and our dreams. We were going to change the world. Maybe the disciples talked about what went wrong. What in the world went wrong? And probably nobody wanted to verbalize it, but they all had to be thinking on that Saturday Jesus failed. Ultimately, Jesus was a failure. For whatever reason, um, he just couldn't quite pull it off. He couldn't win over Rome. He couldn't make enough inroads into the religious leaders. He, he couldn't get enough of the common people to buy into his message. In fact, he couldn't even train his disciples to be courageous when the moment of crisis actually shows up. You know, maybe they talked about their own failures. Again, probably wouldn't have wanted to verbalize it, but you know, maybe they started whispering about Judas. Can you believe what Judas did? Betrayed Jesus in the garden with a kiss on the cheek. And they would have remembered how Jesus greeted Judas. Betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus replied, Friend, do what you came for. Jesus calls Judas his friend right before Judas sells him out to the soldiers. Now, Jesus used to talk about the, the kingdom of God belonging to people who loved their enemies. Well, Jesus loved his enemies. Where did that get him? Got him crucified on Friday. Jesus used to talk about uh, being meek and mild and humble. He was meek and mild and humble. Where did that get him? It got him in a tomb on Saturday. Peter, who told Jesus, you know, no matter what everybody else does, you can count on me. I'll die before I turn my back on you. Three times said, I don't know the man. Jesus, the Galilean, I don't know him. I don't know him. Now, those disciples probably remembered the, when the chips were down and Jesus needed them more than he'd ever needed them before. When the soldiers show up, they all deserted him and fled. They remember all of that on Saturday. Saturday is the day that you know your dream has died. You wake up on a Saturday and you know you have to go on, but you're not quite sure how. And worse than that, you're not even quite sure why. Which brings up kind of an odd question. Why did there even have to be a Saturday? Why is there a Saturday? Why is there a Saturday in Jesus' story? 
I mean, if the God's plan was to have them crucified and bring them back to life, why didn't God just get on with it? Why didn't God just, as soon as he's pronounced dead, boom, back to life, there? Why is the, the most significant event in human history strung over three days? Well, I think there's a reason. There's a reason for Saturday. Paul says this to the Corinthians. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. Paul says Jesus died for our sins, He was buried, and then He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. There's something going on here. If you look back in the Old Testament, the Old Testament is filled with three-day stories. In Genesis, Joseph's brothers get put in prison. They're released on the third day. In the book of Joshua, uh, Israel's spies are, are told by Rahab to hide from their enemies and they'll be safe on the third day. When Esther hears that her people are going to be slaughtered, she goes and she prays and she fasts. On the third day, the king receives her favorably. When Abraham's afraid he's going to have to sacrifice Isaac, his son, he lifts up his eyes and he sees the sacrifice that saves his son on the third day. The prophet Hosea would say this, Come, let's return to the Lord. He's torn us to pieces, but He'll heal us. He's injured us, but He'll bind up our wounds. After two days, He'll revive us. On the third day, He'll restore us so that we may live in His presence. Scriptures filled with three-day stories. And listen, life is filled with three-day stories. On the first day, there's trouble. On the third day, there's deliverance. On the first day, there's terrible news. On the third day, there's wonderful news. But on the second day, nothing. There's nothing on the second day. Deliverance comes on the third day. Deliverance comes from God. Be sure you understand that. We don't produce it. We can't, uh, we can't make it happen. We just have to wait for the third day. But here's the problem with third day stories. When do you know that you're in a third day story? Usually not until the third day, right? You don't know it's a three day story until the third day rolls around when it's Friday, when it's Saturday. We don't always know that there's a Sunday coming. Now, sometimes we feel like we're in a one-day story. Something terrible is happening and it just keeps happening and we're stuck. And we can't get around it. We can't get through it. Or we feel like we're in a two-day story. Something terrible happened and this just stayed with me. Things have never gotten better. Nothing has ever changed. The problem with, with third-day stories is we don't know they're a three-day story on Friday. And we don't always know it's a three-day story on Saturday. Now, Jesus experienced the, the agony of Friday, and then comes Saturday. I said a minute ago that Saturday was a day when nothing happened. That's not exactly true. Something did happen on Saturday. And what happened was silence. God was silent 
on Saturday. That's what happened on Saturday. Your trouble hits you on Friday. And you cry out to God, God, help me. God, rescue me. God, do something. Say something. And God's silent. In addition to the pain of a Friday, there's the pain of the silence of Saturday. And there's the pain of the, the perceived absence of God. That's the pain of Saturday. And I don't know what your Saturday might be, but I'll tell you this, if you stick around long enough, you're going to hit a Saturday. You're going to find yourself in a Saturday. You know, a husband goes to work one day and his company tells him they're downsizing and his position has been eliminated. He's got a mortgage, he's got a car payment, a wife and a couple kids. He has no idea what he's going to do. So he cries out to heaven. And God is silent. Uh, a parent has a child that gets ill. Those parents pray like they have never prayed before. And their child gets worse. A guy meets a girl that is the girl of his dreams. He's been waiting for her his entire life. And then when his heart is most vulnerable, she says, you know, I've changed my mind. I don't think we're going to do this anymore. And he wonders if he's ever going to find another girl. You lose a marriage. You lose a friend. You lose your health. You have dreams for your children. You have dreams for your career. You have dreams for your life. And on Friday, all those dreams die. What do you do on Saturday? Because according to Scripture, we're all in three-day stories. In our world, trouble comes on Friday. And there's a couple options that we can take when trouble comes. And one of those options is we can choose despair. A lot of people do. In fact, it appears that a lot of people back in the first century chose this option. Again, Paul writes to Christians in Corinth and says this, But if it's preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. Apparently, some Christians in Corinth were saying, there's never going to be a Sunday. It is always going to be Saturday. So don't get your hopes up. Because there is no hope. Sunday is never going to come. This is as good as it gets. So we're just going to have to learn to somehow manage our disappointment. We're just going to have to tough it out. Because Sunday is never coming. I think too many people, I think too many Christians, choose despair. Another option is denial. Some people take this route. Some churches take this route. Now we look for really simplistic explanations. We look for easy answers. You know, we we put on a happy face and we throw out some well-worn clichés. We're going to fake it till we make it. And again, a lot of people in the first century chose this option as well. Paul tells Timothy, they say that the resurrection has already taken place and they destroy the faith of some. So apparently there were people there that were saying, hey, Sunday's already come. 
And if you still have problems, if you have prayers that haven't been answered, that's on you. And you need to get with the program because you don't have enough faith. A lot of people will, will just kind of say, well, Saturdays don't even exist. So if you really are a Christian, you have no reason to ever complain. You have no reason to have your heart broken if you're a real Christian. Come on. Now how, how ignorant and how arrogant is that? But there's another option that we can use when we find ourselves in a Saturday. And that is, we can choose to wait. And that's a tough one. <laughs> that's a tough one because we don't like to wait. And that's a tough one because we're not programmed to wait. But when I say wait, I don't mean just sit around and do nothing. And I don't mean wait in kind of a passive way. I mean, we can choose to wait on the Lord. That beautiful passage in Isaiah that we know so well. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Waiting has nothing to do with being inactive. Waiting means that whatever I do, I do with the Lord. Whatever I do in between the disaster and the deliverance, I do it with Him. I lean on Him. I trust in Him. I put my faith in Him. I talk to Him. I ask questions of Him. And I'll let you in on a little secret this morning, and some of you know what I'm about to say. There are ways that you can know God and experience God on a Saturday that you never could on another day. In the middle of heartache, in the middle of failure, in the middle of disappointment, in the middle of tragedy, you can know God and experience God on a Saturday in ways you'll never be able to another day. Because on a Saturday, you know. I mean, you know. God, you are my only hope. I don't have anywhere else to turn. I am in so far over my head. God, it is, it is all you. That's what the in-between in day looks like. In the book of Matthew, some people come to Jesus and they say, Give us a sign. Give us a sign, another big miracle, do something spectacular and we'll believe. And Jesus answers them this way. A wicked and adulterous generation asks for a miraculous sign, but none will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Jonah, of course, is another three-day story. And Jesus says, my story is a three-day story. Jesus said, I'll go through Friday for you. And I'll go through Saturday for you. We need to remember our story is a three-day story as well. And we have to deal with Fridays. We still have to deal with Pilate and the Sanhedrin and the, you know, the angry crowds. We still age. Our bodies still bleed. People we love still die. 
we live in Saturday. And we know that Jesus claimed the victory over sin and Jesus claimed the victory over death. And because of that, we receive all these wonderful blessings. But we haven't received the ultimate blessing. Not yet. There will come a time when we won't grow old. There will come a time when, when people we love don't die. But not yet. It's still Saturday. Paul says this to the Christians in Philippi. I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection. And the fellowship of sharing in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Paul says, I want the same Sunday that Jesus had. Then he says this in verse 12. Not that I've already obtained all this. Paul knows it's not Sunday yet. I'm still living in Saturday. I get that. Not that I've already obtained all this. or have already been made perfect. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do. Forgetting what's behind. Straining toward what's ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God's called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul said, I'm not there yet. Not yet. The goal, the prize, it's yet to come, but I know it's there. And Paul says, I know it's mine because of what Jesus did. Listen, whatever your pain might be, whatever your rejection, whatever dream of yours might have died, you know, whatever, whatever disappointment you might be in the middle of, remember, it's only Saturday. It's still Saturday. Deliverance is coming. Don't waver. Don't quit. Don't give in. Hold on to Jesus. Hold tightly to Jesus. Now, next week, we're going to talk about Sunday. I hope you're making plans to be here next week. I hope you're making plans to, to invite some friends and neighbors but I know that today we're talking about Saturday. And a lot of people get stuck in a Saturday. Stuck in a place where it seems that God is distant. Stuck in a time where it feels like nothing's happening. Stuck in a problem where you don't know exactly what to do. Well, here's what you do. You wait for Sunday. You might not know it yet. It might not look like it. But Sunday's coming. Sunday is coming. Maybe this morning you feel like you're stuck in a Friday. Maybe you are in the middle of something that has just rocked you to your core. And you're wondering how much more you can take. Or maybe today you're stuck in a Saturday. You know, something happened a long time ago and it's put you in a place that you just can't get out of. And you've been praying... And you've been studying, and you've been meditating, and you've been doing all the things that you know you should do. And God's been quiet. In fact, God feels sort of distant. Remember, it's a three-day story. Remember, Sunday is coming. That's God's promise. Sunday is coming. So this morning, if you need a little bit of help to get through a Friday... 
If you need a little bit of help to maybe endure a Saturday. If you need the prayers of some people who love you, just to help you hang on till Sunday. We would love to help you any way we can. There'll be some people here at the front of the auditorium to meet with you and pray with you about whatever's going on in your life. We'd love to help. Let's stand and sing.